0: Welcome to the Healthy Jacks Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to helping you find the best ways to stay healthy and to keep moving in Jacksonville. My name is Dr. Peter Yu, and I am a performance physical therapist here in Jacksonville and the host of this podcast. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with the right health and fitness information that is not only practical, but evidence-based as well. I also have the pleasure of highlighting some of the top health and fitness professionals around here so that you can stay up to date on the latest information. My goal as a performance physical therapist is to help educate and empower athletes and active adults to take control of their own health so that they can get out of pain, optimize their performance, and build true longevity for life. You can find us on Instagram at The Healthy Jacks Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. The Healthy Jacks Podcast is sponsored by MotionRx Health and Performance. At MotionRx, we specialize in helping athletes and active adults overcome injuries and get back to their sports and activities they love pain-free. Head to MotionRxHealth.com to find out how we can help you move better, feel better, and live an active, fulfilling life.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the Healthy Jacks podcast. I'm your host today, Dr. Kate, and I am joined by Andrew Decker, co-owner of Tighten Up Fitness. This is a story of how a failing fitness studio became replicated into multiple thriving facilities. The hard journey to get the first location on a path to success attracted Mark McCreary, a former member, to partner with Andrew and grow several more units based on the original model. I can't wait to dive a little more into that story on this podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Healthy Jacks Podcast. I'm your host today, Dr. Kate, and I am joined by Andy Decker, co-owner of Tighten Up Fitness. Andy, how's it going?
2: It's going good. It's Friday, <laughs> halfway through the day, so the things, day. things are good. We feel great.
1: Heck yeah. What time did you start your day today?
2: So Friday, I purposely start later. Okay. So my blocks are super early, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That gives me buffer on Mondays and Fridays, which I never used to have because I didn't have that option. So once that option became available, that was like the gift to myself mm-hmm. where three hard days in a row and then you have the end caps for stuff like this or yeah. like more flexibility. Um, That was the hardest part starting out was Mondays crazy early all the way to Friday crazy early. Yeah. And then sometimes Saturdays, too. So there was no on-off. For a while, I experimented with... I just wasn't smart enough. Tuesday, Thursday off. So I would do a hard Monday, Mm -hmm. a light Tuesday. A hard Wednesday, a light Thursday. On-off, on-off. But for me, for the body, like getting into a rhythm, I think it was worse because Mm -hmm. I was Mm hot-cold. Hot-cold, hot-cold with your eating, your sleeping. Just... It's basically like up-down roller coaster, mm-hmm. so I would rather do a block of three in the middle, bang, sure. and then flexibility out here. Yeah. So right now, we're in the sweet spot. This yeah, is good. Yeah. That's awesome. Good. This is good. Yeah.
1: I've sort of started that recently, too. I try to keep my Monday mornings flexible and my Friday afternoons flexible. It's just, it just seems better that way. And yeah. a Wednesday morning. I kind of like one right in the middle of the week.
2: Oh, so you have more than I do. That's good.
1: <laughs> well, I sometimes, Maybe. <laughs> That's so yeah,
2: nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever right. balance you can find.
1: Yeah, that's that's for sure. That's what I'm trying to figure out that balance. Yeah. Um. So why don't we back up? Just tell me where are you from?
2: I'm from Stewart, which okay. is about three and a half hours south of here. Mm-hmm. Born there, grew up there. Even went to like my first like couple years of community college there. Okay. Um, it's on the east coast. And it's just beautiful. It's just gorgeous down there. I do miss it. But um, this transition was nice because I can still make it home to see family. Yeah. So it's three and a half hours. Doesn't require a flight. Yeah. Um, If something comes up, it's a short drive. Mm -hmm. It was easy. So um, I do miss South Florida, though. It was really nice.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: What brought you to Jacksonville?
2: So a lot of my friends had come the year before. I stayed behind and did community college there. Mm-hmm. They had come up the year before and we all surfed, fished
3: because
2: mm. Stewart's basically it's basically an island. Hutchison Island is a, is a broken off island and Stewart is part of that. So mm-hmm. when all my friends started going to Florida State, Gainesville College, out of state, it mm-hmm. just gave me anxiety. I was like, I need to be Somewhere I could still surf easily, go on the boat, fish, be by water, and then not be homesick.
1: Yeah.
2: I already had friends up here that came up here. I was like, this just seems to be the simple choice. Mm-hmm. And it was like referral. They were like, we love it, so yeah, why not give it a shot? So I gave it a shot and just fell in love with it. Cool. It's awesome. Sweet. Yeah.
1: All right, then tell me about your fitness background or athletic background growing up.
2: So I did everything athletic, like in school, mm-hmm. elementary school all the way up through high school, um, started with soccer, which we didn't do that as, as much weightlifting or weight training back then. Like, yeah. We didn't even have assault bikes back then. If mm-hmm. We had assault bike bikes for soccer back then, so... It was really basic, but I did soccer, then moved into track, and then I would use cross country to condition myself for next year's soccer. Mm-hmm. And I just rotated between those three. I did a little bit of wrestling, but I struggled to maintain like a healthy weight. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. all done by weight class, yeah. but because of track, soccer, cross country on top, my conditioning was there. But I was in a lower weight class than I wanted to be, and it would fluctuate, so I gave up on wrestling, and then later on, started to get into weightlifting my sophomore year of high school. Okay. So, I would have been 17 at the time, Mm -hmm. and that's like when I first, I'd always lifted weights, Yeah. but the, the amount of... Time and effort I could put into it with that busy of a running season with soccer and all those things, it wasn't full commitment. I just kind of dabbled,
3: mm-hmm. but
2: full time sophomore year of high school. Okay, and then dropped
1: everything else.
2: Everything <laughs> else, also because I couldn't maintain healthy weight. Yeah. So I felt weightlifting would at least get me to where like I wasn't being picked on. I wasn't
1: because
2: oh. I was constantly just. At an unhealthy weight. So weightlifting sophomore year and just ran with it and Mm -hmm. just never stopped since. Okay. Yeah.
1: So tell me how that has morphed into a career for you. So. Was there like a moment where you're like, oh, this
2: is what I'm going to do? Not really. It just, it became a non-negotiable. It's Mm -hmm. just what I did. So even after I finished high school, went into college, I kept the same format that we would do in high school, which mm-hmm. was groups. They would hold an hour long block where a group of guys would go in, group of twenty guys, and lift together. There was a, a workout on the board that we would do and I just fell in love with like that that vibe of rotating with friends and like mm-hmm. doing it in like a group setting where like I would rest. I would spot someone, mm-hmm. then it was my turn. You know, and like that getting into that rhythm, I got addicted to that. And that is what kind of, sorry, you're asking, like how mm-hmm. I started to get into it. it. That's where I fell in love with group fitness. It was like the grittiness of it. The, the gym smelled, it was all sweat and guys. And we would have to practice because we had a smaller high school at that time during the football players' usage of it. So we were sharing it with the football team. Mm-hmm. But I noticed the the busier you could make it, like the fuller you could make those classes, everyone's doing the same workout. It became, like, competitive to where it was oh. addicting. Like, the next mm-hmm. day I'm like, I'm going to go because I'm going to try and keep up a little better than I did that day. And that's when the uh, the addiction started. And I started to see, like this is something i'm never going to give up mm-hmm. never going to stop doing this because i had like fallen in love with it
1: sweet so then when did tighten up start and how did it start
2: so that so this is what happened with tighten up it was a friend's gym a friend of mine who i'd kept in touch with owned a personal training only studio
1: okay
2: where it was himself two other trainers that would schedule their own Mm one-on-ones and they would stay open all day long schedule one-on-one training he at that time it was like 2010 where crossfit had gone like full that's when it started to explode he wanted to try and compete with that Mm because all he was doing was one-on-one training but he was too afraid to drop Mm one-on-one You know, because that was his lifestyle. That's how he made his money. He was too afraid to drop everything and commit to something to compete with CrossFit, Mm -hmm. which was group fitness training, but not at an Olympic level, Mm -hmm. more of just a general strength training level, Mm -hmm. but that still did bouts of hit and high intensity. Mm -hmm. So it was like a one-off of CrossFit, Mm -hmm. and it was an experiment. And I kept in touch with them from 2010 to 2012 on how it was going. How is this experiment going? And it was not, not working out. One, the, the location, you know, it's mm-hmm. low budget. It was basically like if you took like a... Like a decent garage gym.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It was tiny. <laughs> I think it was 800 square feet. It was terrible. Uh. It was. It didn't have a lot of members. Mostly women at that time were doing yoga or spin class or um, something that a big box gym would offer as like a group fitness uh, mm-hmm. pump class sure. so we had limited members we had limited resources we didn't have an advertising budget but I started to work out there mm-hmm. just I wanted to see what it was like because I felt I could recreate that addiction that I had from mm-hmm. my high school years so I kept in touch with him, and he told me he was about to close. said, that's it. It's my last year of the lease. Time is up. It didn't work. Um, I'm going to bail on this thing. And I had been working in um, the corporate world. I, okay. was, work- I was working, um, doing stuff for Boar's Head. Are you f- you're familiar with Boar's yeah. Head Meets? Mm-hmm. So it was just corporate stuff with them. I had done that for like two years. I didn't like it. It involved early mornings though. Mm-hmm. So I was used to getting up early. <laughs> Disliked the job. I didn't, I knew it wasn't what I didn't want to do. And um, when he told me he was going to shut down, I had a little bit of money set aside. And I just said, hey, hold on. Would the landlord do like one year extension mm-hmm. you're running your personal training only you can never be there I'll be there full time I will quit my corporate job I'll risk it all because I think I can make this work and if the landlord will just give us a little bit of wiggle room I'll go all in and we're going to give this a, a second shot and at least it would I would know yeah. that it was worth testing you know so I, I was like that's it let's test so that's how it, dang, it sparked.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So where did the name Titan Up come from?
2: So that <laughs> because so the first
1: let me tell you the first time I heard Titan Up right it was like, pictured T I G H T E N. I'm sure
2: you That's hilarious. Yeah, that. of course. But that's, it's T I T A N. That was the problem. So the problem <laughs> was the gym that I then partnered with him on to give this thing mm. one last shot. Before before it was all over, I bought half of it from him. With the agreement that I would run it, your hands off. Let me be the one to try and bring this thing back to life. I said, Mm -hmm. one, the name has to change. Mm -hmm. It was um, Jack's Beach Cross Training. Oh, so it was. Yeah, I felt it was generic. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was people would think it was CrossFit. Nothing wrong with CrossFit. We were just Mm -hmm. trying to be something else. Yeah. He had three different um, group classes that you could take at that time. One was called Mass, Mm. which was heavy lifting guys that wanted to try and get bigger.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: There was a class called Tight.
1: Okay. Mm
2: T-I-G-H-T. And then, believe it or not, which is unbelievable at this time, (laughs) there was a class called Skinny.
1: Oh.
2: So they would be... Each one offered throughout the day,
1: uh-huh.
2: and there was a trainer just on site waiting. We paid somebody to be there from eight a.m. till or six a.m. to six p.m. And there was three different style workouts up there. Uh-huh. The problem is, like you were saying, when people would come in, not not many people wanted to do mass, hmm. especially the women. They yeah. didn't want to get bigger. People necessarily didn't want to get skinny either. <laughs> so they were like, well, what is tight? Yeah. And we had to keep re explaining. It, uh-huh. it doesn't mean that you're going to become stiff. Like, that's what they, that's what the, sure. the association yeah. was. So I was like, that's it. We have to change that. Mm-hmm. have to change that somehow. So I kept playing around with what we can keep mass,
3: mm-hmm.
2: we'll change skinny. The thing in the middle. What are we really going for? And yeah. he was like, "Well, to get toned, but we don't mm-hmm. want to say that either because mm-hmm. it's not like a real thing. None of those things are a real thing, anyway." But
1: yeah, I just saw your real the other day.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> so we <laughs> so we said, "Okay, what could we make this to where if you heard it over the phone?" Mm-hmm. It would make sense. Yeah. So I just started rewriting and rewriting and rewriting. And eventually it became T-I-G-H-T, mm-hmm. tighten up, meaning to tighten up the body.
3: Yeah.
2: But then we were like, hey, we can't really spend thousands of dollars and put that on a neon sign. Mm-hmm. You can't really trademark that or copyright that. It's just a basic word. Yeah. So we're one day I saw a um, Titan truck. I think it's a Nissan that drove by. And I was like, oh my gosh. Because at that time, the football team, Tennessee Titans, hadn't started using Titan Up yet. They use it now. You were first. They use it now as a slogan, which is fine. Uh It has nothing to do with us. And they have a space between it. Mm -hmm. So this was in 2012. I knew immediately we had to lock that down. Yeah. So we did a trademark, we got the YouTube, we got the Instagram, we did the Facebook, and yeah. changed the whole name. It was purely by accident because that's the names of the class.
1: Yeah, I love that, yeah. and the truck.
2: Yeah, and I understand <laughs> yeah, the truck that just drove by. It's fate. Yeah, it was fate. Like yeah, it had a big license plate on the front that said Titan in big words, so I was yeah. like,
1: that's it. Like, I've been thinking about that word for so long.
2: Yeah, I was like, that's it, that's it, but... um. Is, that was one thing that was good about my previous uh, corporate job was Boar's Head. They taught me branding is everything. Yeah. And they were so, like, adamant about their name. The name is everything. The brand is everything. Boar's Head meat.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It is the highest quality. You can only get it here, here, and here. And I was like, you're right. Like, if you don't have a name, Mm -hmm. you don't have a brand, like, Motion RX, it's, like, speaks for itself. Let's move better. Yeah. You have – that was number one. So I was, like, so thankful to finally figure out – and it sounded different than any other gym that was being offered. Mm -hmm. So I was like, that is it, and we changed it.
1: Nice.
2: Yeah. Like, overnight. Yeah. I remember tearing down Jack's Beach Cross Training. Yeah. It had, like, two, like, exits. It was was so bad. It was bad. (laughs)
1: That's great, though. So um, how did you go from, you know, the gym? He was about to close it. How did you turn it into a successful business with three locations? It's probably super easy,
2: right? Yeah, that – well, what happened was when I had bought in to be his partner but do most of the work, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how – I didn't do my due diligence. I didn't realize how far, like bad things were. How how far behind?
1: Oh, so gotcha.
2: we were actually three months behind in rent, oh. which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. The landlord agreed to give us that extension to make that money up. It mm-hmm. wasn't to let us try a new name and a- gotcha. That's what I was told. But my name wasn't on the lease, so I, had, I couldn't really be part of those talks or negotiations. I should have been.
3: Mm-hmm. So we
2: were three months behind in rent. Um, we didn't have a program, a software program. It was all paper ledger mm-hmm. where we would track who owed what, and it was a mess. You, know, you can't tell who's paid this month, who hasn't. Yeah. Um, we didn't have a credit card processor. It was all done by check or mm-hmm. cash so the first I knew the very first thing I had to do was go and meet this landlord and get my name on the hook and negotiate with him some way to make this rent up
3: mm-hmm.
2: right so that was the first step I had talked him into joining the gym and
0: mm-hmm. at
2: that time I think it was like 900 for the year So he said, okay, the three months you're behind, we'll take that amount off. Mm -hmm. So that helped right there. I was like, okay, okay, here we go. There's this movement. Yeah, It was almost a full month's rent. So we went from three months behind to now two. Mm -hmm. Then I said, we need to find a a software program that can run credit card processing cleanly.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. And we're going to put everybody on the first of the month. So we're going to clean up the books and put Mm -hmm. everyone on the first of the month where this program runs on the first. We know exactly how much is coming in and whose cards are, are being declined Mm -hmm. and we're going to get rid of this paper ledger. So there was, um, I forget the name of the program. It was $99 a month and it ran what we needed it to. Mm -hmm. It wasn't anything advanced, but it was the most basic thing that we could afford to clean up the books. Mm -hmm. So that's the second thing we did. And at that time, it was 2012, Instagram had just started becoming, like, a real thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Facebook had had already been popular. We didn't have an advertising budget. So we started offering um, free waters and free, I think it was free sessions for every, like, 10 check-ins because checking in was like, bit. you know, here's where we are on the map. Here's where our name is. Here's where this oh, is. Oh, yeah. So people started to notice us on social media mm. like, oh, what is this place? Like, tighten up.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I
2: see people working out. They're checking in like three, four times a week. And when they came in, we had like this, like a laptop on, mm-hmm. on the counter. We had a front desk.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, It started to become organized, and that's what we realized. That's what my last job taught me was process and structure first, Mm -hmm. personnel second. We always thought it was just because we didn't have decent trainers. Mm. Wrong. It was process, structure first. So we started to gain popularity, and slowly, like adding a few members here, a few members here, like slow, 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 like pulling out of that hole.
1: Yeah. Wow. I'm sure that was a stressful time.
2: It was it was crazy stressful, <laughs> yeah. and it was embarrassing also yeah. because I remember in the middle of uh, class, our power being shut off. Mm. Like I, I was I would always teach the, the noon, the 12 o'clock yeah. class, and it was Beach's energy at the time. I think it's now GA, but they would come and cut the power, and I remember like I was – playing music from my cell phone mm-hmm. so we would at least have like sound yeah. you know um how people stayed i don't know They <laughs> you know we would make something up like oh it must be the whole strip or mm-hmm. something like that and then figure out a way by the end of the day how to pay that amount and get it cut back on oh so gosh. i mean it was yeah. like it was pretty bad yeah and it was way worse than i thought coming in yeah yeah
1: wow and now you have two more locations. Yeah, two,
2: two more locations, mm-hmm. um, which again, we just kind of replicated that process mm-hmm. and structure, Yeah. The, the organization of it. We, because of our software could run reports and the reporting was everything. So we knew how many members do we actually need to, yeah. s- to stay open. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what are our costs, which the program would do because we could work that into it also, so then we upgraded to mind body mind body had come out around two thousand and thirteen or fourteen and started becoming popular. Mm-hmm. And the reporting became more advanced. The technology was more advanced. Um, That then allowed people to check in for class from their phone. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing, I think, that grew us and allowed us to um, become what we were was uh, the ability to sign up for class and holding an attendance cap. Mm -hmm. so at our very first spot that was failing I remember setting the cap at 16 people which was too many like 10 should have been the Mm -hmm. max like how big it was Mm
3: -hmm.
2: but setting that like it created urgency like the supply and demand Mm -hmm. and I I started to become strict with people like okay Kate if you're not signed up in advance you're not on this list for 6 a.m you're not working out tomorrow Mm -hmm. don't come walking in here at six thinking you're just going to work out those old ways are done i want to know in advance who is coming in so i can prepare as a trainer like you would prepare out here you need you need to know Mm -hmm. who's coming in who's not this is not a big box gym where it's a Mm free-for-all Not that there's anything wrong with that, but with private training, it's got to be like that. So that was the biggest thing because then people create it created that supply and demand or that urgency of like I'm gonna get my spot.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't want to go home. If I'm getting up at six a.m., I'm getting that spot. So I remember checking at like nine p.m. the night before, and I was like, "Wow, I have like it's like half full." And then the the next class was like half full. And people started by training them, mm-hmm. started to get into the habit of signing up. That structure is what grew it because mm-hmm. then it became a full class and we went to weightless mm-hmm. And that's when we knew, okay, either bigger location or second location nearby. Yeah. And that's when the gears started turning of we have something we can replicate
3: mm-hmm.
2: because we're full and we're at capacity. So now it's time to grow in one way or another, like you guys are doing, not knock down a wall or move to here. Mm -hmm. So that's how the growth started. It was just by that right there.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. So tell me about the programming. So you guys do 13-week blocks. Is that right?
2: So we – yeah. So if we do 13 at a time, not not that – it's hard – to explain to people not mm-hmm. that 13 weeks is enough time to see dramatic changes
1: mm-hmm.
2: sure. you can see changes you know there'll be subtle ones if you're a beginner there'll be more dramatic ones mm-hmm. but if you've been coming a while we've found for two reasons 13 weeks is a digestible amount of time
3: mm-hmm. and a
2: sustainable amount of time where you could stick to something without falling off Mm-hmm. And it's just long enough to give the body a chance at making some changes to where we if, if we check in at the end of those 13, we can see a little um, notch here mm-hmm. in a positive direction. We can see a little change here. We're going the other way we' you know in, a, in the other, other direction than we need to. And then what we do is use that 13-week window to steer the ship. Okay, we need to pull over this way. Here's where we need to make a couple small changes. And on the next 13, let's check in again and see if that worked. So it was just about digestion. Mm -hmm. Um, It also helped to give people a start and end date Mm -hmm. Um, because before we had the 13 weeks, We found we just had, uh, we didn't have as good of retention. People kind of just train, they train until they train. You know, it's like, well, now what happens? I just Mm -hmm. train until I'm blue in the face, Mm -hmm. like without any check ins. Like, I want to kind of see what's happened in my body. So we did 13, and 13 also gave us seasonal ability Mm. a summer, a spring, a winter, a fall addition to where. You have a wedding coming up this spring. We know seasonally how our programs are going to run. And it gave us four a year, which is also a digestible amount. Yeah. It's not like we're doing a, a check-in every 60 days and then now you're sick of it. Mm-hmm. It became the perfect amount for what our main goal is, is sustainability. Mm-hmm. If you can't sustain it, it's not going to work.
1: Yeah,
2: It's amazing how quick though it flies by now, mm-hmm. but... I wouldn't want to do it any faster, and I don't think I would want to draw it out any longer. Mm-hmm. I don't think we would have the repeat check-ins like we do.
1: Yeah. So you guys, you do in-body scans before and after, and then test lifts after, is that correct?
2: So we used to. We've made okay. a few changes to it. So so this was the wild part, is we used to do it manually, where we would tape measure. Oh, okay. Um every single piece of people's body. Their their bicep, their waist, um, their thigh, their calf. And then we would do the body fat caliper test. um, Which worked well for a while. Problem (sighs) is we used filing cabinets. And it was out of sight, out of mind. It's, Mm -hmm. It's buried back in some cabinet somewhere. And it was... It's accurate enough to where you can see what's happening. But if you were to measure someone manually, and then I was to measure the same client manually, sure. it's going to be slightly different. Mm-hmm. We wanted something that was mechanical, where even if it was, let's say it's 95% accurate,
3: mm-hmm. and it
2: and it scans you today, 13 weeks from now, it's 95% accurate again, which yeah. creates a delta where it's always off by a couple degrees but it never goes further than that, so it basically was the same every mm-hmm. single time. So that's how we switched into that. We used to test um, lifts. We wanted to we wanted to be well rounded, so we did a cardio test, mm-hmm. and we allowed them the opportunity to set new PRs with our big movements, yeah. which is different than CrossFit. It was bench, mm-hmm. squat, deadlift, pull up and then a mile run for conditioning. Mm -hmm. And we ran that for a while, and it was great. Um, The problem is, of course, risk, you know, 13 weeks, ego lifting. There's a higher risk for injury. I didn't feel like the reward was there. Um, The running also, running a mile all out, not everyone – is capable enough or ha- maybe they have an injury. Sure. So we switch some things around to so where it's a little safer, but they still get that chance to, to safely see if they're getting stronger.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And we, so we, we still use the lifts.
3: Yeah.
2: We allow them to run the mile still if they want, or they can do a cardio test on the bike,
3: mm-hmm. on the
2: assault bike. So that way it's well-rounded. It feels good for them too. Cause they, they want to see like, and it's hard to explain to them, though, because you're not going to – it's not linear. You're not right. going to continue to get stronger every mm-hmm. single time. But it is fun to test. It creates high vibes. Yeah. And um, it's good to just repeat those lifts anyway at some lower rep ranges. Yeah. But we don't do – we did away with um, true one rep maxes. Okay. Because I felt the risk versus reward – Look, if you're competing, heck yes, go do your one rep max. But mm-hmm. if you're a stay at home mom of three, what business do you have getting under that bar and doing a one rep squat just so we can ring a PR bell for you? I don't think it's safe. So, what we do is cap them at six reps or less. So, they can do like anywhere from like two to six. And we developed a theoretical one-rep max based oh, okay. based off a collegiate strength training chart. Mm-hmm. Super accurate.
3: Yeah.
2: A little safer. Five, three to five reps, your form doesn't fall apart, mm-hmm. but you're also not getting under there and mm. blowing it out with yeah. a one-rep thing that you could really hurt yourself with.
1: Yeah. Interesting.
2: Right? Yeah. So that's that's how that we've made changes just to keep people safe, but also to show yes, we're having fun, we're making progress. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah.
1: Do you write the programming?
2: Yes. Nice. So I write the programming, um, and it's all based on volume and frequency, because what our goal is sustainability. We don't want to overtrain. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to do. I know a lot of um, group training places will do a lot of total body, total body, total body, or the volume is sky high where it's a lot of timer-based stuff where your rep ranges drift into 15, 20, 25 reps per lift. Um, Mm -hmm. Every single thing that we do is broken down by the week or the programming that I do is broken down by the week into volume. So the bigger lifts, we will keep between 40 and like 80 total for the week. Mm -hmm. And that can be divided into any amount of sets and reps for the lift. And then the smaller joint stuff, you know, like bicep, tricep, the accessory stuff, we'll do anywhere from like 30 to 70 for the week. Yeah. So that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. And then that gets chopped up into... Reps and sets, yeah, and and exercise selection. Um, so it's really easy to overtrain. It's mm-hmm. also really, really easy to undershoot too, mm-hmm. and not do enough. Yeah, you know. So we try and just do moderation because again, it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. It's repeatable. Your ligaments aren't on fire. Your joints aren't on fire. Um, you know, people, of course, are going to still have it, things that bug them. But yeah, for sure. For doing this for 10 years, I've found that it, it that is the sweet spots. So there's no perfect volume for any perf- person, but there are, like, sweet spots that we can get close to. Yeah. So that's what we try and do.
1: Yeah, that's huge. Shoot I, it right down the
2: pipe. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, between volume and intensity, those are it's, yeah the biggest things to monitor because that's what's going to get you.
2: It's going to get you, right. Yeah. And especially if you take our age group, which is, you know, middle age. And like Mm -hmm. I said, like stay-at-home moms and stuff. um, What business do they have doing a hundred skull crushers in one class?
1: I had to do that one time at a gym I dropped into.
2: That's what they're – yeah. And it's it's like – and then the people are like, do that for two weeks, three weeks straight. Then you factor in the speed at which they're doing it at. So you had to do. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was at least seventy. It might have been a hundred. Yeah. Yeah, I, a lot of gyms I feel like do um, very high volume Saturday workouts, mm-hmm. and that was a that was a high volume Saturday workout that I dropped into.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and then there's, then there's the flip of that, which I've seen before. Is the workout is thirty seven exercises deep but they're doing one to two sets of each. Mm. Obviously, you can't do more than that. You would be there for four hours. Mm-hmm. But 37 exercises, I was thinking to myself, to explain 37 exercises with the right amount of form, right? The right amount of intensity.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: and to only have two shots at it and to run it off of a timer, I was like, that just doesn't doesn't sound safe. Yeah, it just is, it's too much. Mm-hmm. And how do you progress from 37 different exercises? Mm-hmm. Um, so we try and keep ours at a max of like seven for the day.
1: yeah.
2: Because seven, we can show progress on that seven, and it's repeatable to where we can track. Yeah, doing better. Is the body not agreeing with this? It's not mm-hmm. 37 exercises. You don't know what bothers you.
1: No, <laughs> you have no idea what happened.
2: You would have to just throw a dart at yeah. one of those items and, and guess maybe this is the one that hurt me. Yeah. He don't know. And then we all, I also try and explain it to people in terms of like uh, like uh, analogies for for our lifts. Mm-hmm. So like if we take squats because we don't have a leg press machine, you know of course there's there's lots of great options. Let's just take squats though and let's just say, okay, if we have a power rack, Uh, And we have a spotter and we use good form. Squats are probably one of the better exercises we can do to really shape our legs Mm -hmm. and hit a lot of muscle fibers. Mm -hmm. So if we take squats in a 13-week program, which is 91 days, and we run squats maybe once every two weeks, that would be six chances at doing squats to improve your form, to build muscle, to recruit more muscle fibers in 91 days, six chances. There. It's impossible to get better. Mm-hmm. It'd be like taking a baseball player and saying, okay, I want you to stand at home plate and try and hit home runs. Mm-hmm. But in 91 days, I'm only gonna allow you to get to the plate six times. Mm-hmm. There would be no home runs. Yeah, I don't even think he would connect with the ball. Um, same thing with, with free throws. If you got to the free throw line, you want to be better at shooting free throws. But in 91 days, I allowed you to get to the line six times. You're not going to shoot any free throws. You're not going to hit any. So what we try and do is, again, that frequency where we're doing the, the big lifts that drive the most benefit with mm-hmm. safety about two times a week, maybe three. Mm-hmm. So in ninety one days they have anywhere from twenty four to thirty six attempts
3: mm-hmm.
2: at improvement.
3: Yeah.
2: Now that to me is going to hopefully produce something. So it go from six to thirty six in ninety one days. So that's what I try and explain to everybody is if you're doing thirty seven exercises in a class <laughs> What are you getting better at? And yeah. if you took a three month period, I, I you know, so that's what it, that's why our whole model is is keeping the body safe, primed up, but also remembering you have to repeat stuff in order to get better at it.
1: Yeah, for sure. So your body but, can actually adapt. Right, but
2: mm-hmm. finding the sweet spot of repetition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of p- women, you know, want to grow their their bo- their legs. They're like, why can't why can't we like. Uh, do you hip thrusts, like, four times a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, dang. Like, that would be, uh, in thir- in 91 days, I would be, like, 50 days, you know, out of 91. More than that. It was just too much. Uh-huh. So, anyway, that's how how the programming works and, like, how we try and get it across to the client.
1: Yeah. Do you do anything else for your fitness besides the tight knot programming?
2: For myself? Yeah. Um... Walk. That's it. Walk. I used to be a big member of running, soccer, track, (laughs) cross country. I did all of that. But um, doing that for like 10 years, the wear and tear, started to catch up to me. So I love the assault bike. I love like pushing myself for conditioning. Mm -hmm. But other than walking, I do surfing, Mm -hmm. snowboarding, stuff like that. But nothing... Nothing really physically demanding other than lifting weights. Yeah. And surfing. Cool. And a lot of steps.
1: Yeah. With I Marcus. Just,
2: yeah, with Marcus. <laughs> I, just tr- I try and avoid a, as much impact gotcha. as I can. If you're younger, you know, it's fine. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm now in my 40s. So I'm like, I need to maybe not be like smashing, jumping, bounding. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've cut a lot of that out. Gotcha. Even though it's fun, but yeah, just for preservation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about some myths. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. I know we're, um, you can tell me if we need to stop too. We're coming up on 41 minutes. Oh, wow. I know. I have so many questions I could ask you, but I would like to know some of the, I would like you to bust some myths for me as far as like strength and conditioning world go or nutrition or just some of the common themes that you find yourself educating your people on um that they have been misinformed and i'm sure there is just a huge list
2: there is so many i'm trying to even think they come up daily right i think um one of the most common ones which we're we're finally getting over the hump we're getting over it through, through repetition. But one of the biggest ones that drives me crazy is um, I had a, a, a client come up to me in class and say, hey, uh, when are we going to go back to higher rep ranges in, in the programming? Say say it was like week four of 13. Mm-hmm. Um, when are we going to transition into 12, 15 higher reps for most of these workouts? You know, and I thought to myself, like, Mm, well, we do some sets of 12. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we'll do 15. Rarely do we do 20, unless it's like a burnout or something. But Mm -hmm. I I, I said, well, well, how come? Like, why are you looking for this? All of a sudden, what's changed? And they said, well, since we've been doing like 6 to 12, and not 12 plus, I've gained a lot of weight. I've gotten bigger. So I thought, okay, This is a a huge problem because this was was actually a guy asking me. So I thought to myself, if this guy believes that lower reps mean weight gain and size gain Mm -hmm. and the higher reps equal getting smaller and leaner and toned, I looked around the room. And you've seen our classes. The majority of them are females. Yeah. If this guy's scared and wanting me to change the rep ranges so he can now get smaller what do all these people in this room think right now
3: mm-hmm. and
2: how are they not freaking out thinking if they go and do a set of eight that they're gonna get gigantic from it you know so that mm-hmm. that myth has been extremely hard um, to crack or to get people to, to change their mindset
3: mm-hmm.
2: on it. So that's one of the the biggest ones, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so, what's your response to that?
2: So, <laughs> that, no. <laughs> that that one's hard because I have had. Luckily, we do scans. Yeah. On a lot of people, I've scanned thousands and thousands of people with that three D scanner,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and we've had. Um, we've had football players come in. Big dudes and crazy strong dudes, and they do our program to a T. Um, and we went through a few segments for a while that were um, our normal rep ranges, six to twelve. You know, sometimes a little lower, five sets of five if we're doing strength training, mm-hmm. six to twelve for hypertrophy. Um, I I show people with his permission; those football players would show their scans.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: These guys lost 20-25 pounds. They shrink. Their arms are getting smaller. They're getting, like, lean all over. Um, They're benching and squatting and deadlifting triple what you are. Mm -hmm. Why aren't they growing? And people don't have a response. You know, they can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. So I tell them, you know, you have to remember calorie intake dictates size change. Mm -hmm. Calorie surplus equals growth. Calorie deficit equals shrink. It has nothing to do. You lift intent with intensity, no matter what the goal is. The rep ranges don't dictate that. Mm -hmm. The amount of fuel we put in our body does. Mm -hmm. Whether they believe it or not, or it gets across, I don't know. But showing them the data—remember when I told you all those Mm -hmm.
3: scans—it's
2: kind of hard to argue it at that point, Mm -hmm. you know. And then, of course, we've had a bunch of females who have and we keep everyone's stats on the wall. Mm-hmm. I have every, everyone's PRs what they're capable of you know and I have some females who are squatting 300 pounds with great form and great depth. Some of them can bench 200 pounds with great form, great range of motion losing 25 pounds and 10% body fat yeah so I'll show them that and say, they're not doing 30 reps a class. Mm -hmm. That's not why their body's shrinking. It's the fuel that's going into the body and it's their energy balance. Mm -hmm. They're probably getting more steps. They're probably moving a little more than you are. They're less sedentary, but you lift the same way no matter what the goal. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's been, that's been really hard to get across. I try and use analogies. I'm thinking of one now. Um, so many an- <laughs> <laughs> analogies but that's usually how I do it is in the form of an analogy because I found gotcha. that that sticks mm-hmm. um sure. go ahead ask me another myth it's hard it's hard to think of oh them oh
1: another myth
2: there's so many usually that's mm. it is the the size changes due yeah. to the rep ranges is one of the biggest ones mm-hmm. um and of course, why do we repeat the same exercises? A lot of them say mm-hmm. that, you know. But I already covered that one. It's getting better. It's practicing at it. You have to practice it to get better at it. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, oh, do you think? Um, do you think that cardio um, hampers your strength gains?
2: I don't think, in moderation, no. I mm-hmm. don't think it hampers your strength gains. I I do. Think that if you were to immediately do a hard bout of cardio, and within minutes go and try and get oh, yeah. you know, that for sure. Sure. But if you're separating out the days with the right programming and the right attack, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think it would hold your strength training back at all. Yeah. Um, usually, it's the people who want um, to come in and do. 15 minutes of hit training first because he always ask me, well, I want to come in and do 15 minutes of hit training first mm. and then let's do the lifts. Why do I always do the lifts first and then we do the hit at the end of class? Mm-hmm. And I always explain it to him with this analogy where, because a lot of them are runners, if you were about to run a marathon and your, your goal, of course, is time. Yeah. And here we are on the start line. But right before that gun went off, I made you do 30 burpees Mm -hmm. and then they fired the gun and it was time to go. Would your marathon time suffer? Yes. Mm
3: -hmm. That's
2: exactly why we don't do hit immediately before the strength training unless it's a Friday and it's a total body strength training day where we're more than likely sore from the week. Mm -hmm. And if we need to water down what we've done, like, dang, Monday through Thursday, like I'm banged up, I'm feeling it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: There are certain Fridays where we will do conditioning first, mm-hmm. and it, and I've seen it. It, li- it limits. They, they're like, oh, we yeah. feel. I used to be able to lift this so easy. I'm like, yes, and it it's because you're taxed. Yeah. But planning it around the lifting, like yeah. full day of cardio Saturday, take Sunday off, come in Monday, absolutely not. Yeah. As long as you're fueling yourself correctly. Right. If you're starving yourself or not fueling the body, then yes, it will probably hinder your strength. But no, I don't really believe that. That's I think yeah. that's a myth. Yeah, that's a bad myth too because you know there's no reason to try and talk people out of doing running. A lot of people run for mental health. Mm-hmm. Why talk them out of that? It's mm-hmm. not, not going to affect their strength.
1: Yeah, cool. Do you talk to your clients about nutrition specifically, or do you refer out?
2: We that is something we're struggling with now. We yeah. want to do it in house. But I want to do it um, the right way yeah. with a professional. We as trainers there give guidelines, mm-hmm. and I tell all the staff: do not ever specifically write someone out a diet plan. Yeah, don't tell them what to eat and what they shouldn't eat. Um, but what we're trying to do is get an in-house professional that's certified to do it. Yeah, but keep an all-inclusive diet Mm -hmm. i don't want to have it any other way like don't Mm -hmm. sit here and tell these clients that you have to be pescatarian or you have to do the whole 30 or you have to be a vegan our main focus is calories in calories out Mm -hmm. and whatever calories you enjoy whatever food content that is as long as it's 80 20 healthy junk balance Mm -hmm that's what's going to work because yeah. that's what you're going to be able to repeat.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I'm trying to find a way to deliver that
3: yeah.
2: at class level. But that's also, that's so that's the, the 2023 goal is help, yeah. help with nutrition, but an in all inclusive way.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. I tell my
2: guy friends on the side, like with, which this is a, the, the hardest thing I think for people to understand is that if we take a calorie guideline, like let's say your calorie guideline for weight loss is 1,800 calories.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, people, they understand that. They say, okay, that makes sense. So, based on my activity level, my age, my weight, how many times I'm working out, 1,800 calories, what I need to lose fat in a safe way, right? They understand that. Mm-hmm. What they, What is impossible to get across to them is content. You know, I tell them, of course, you want to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Internally, if we cut you open, we want you to look good, your arteries and all that. <laughs> but in truth, which most trainers will never tell you, is that all 1,800 of those calories could be pizza, and you would still lose fat
3: mm-hmm. because
2: it's a deficit. Yeah. You don't want to do that because mm-hmm. you probably feel like crap. But that part to them is like, I most blown away I've seen people is because they believe content drives how you look.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but it's not true, of course. But you don't want people to
3: yeah.
2: run with it and start eating pizza all day long. But you know what I mean? But they always ask me,
3: yeah.
2: um, hey, I've gained like a few pounds. Do you think it's the whiskey? Mm hmm. No, I don't think it's the. I don't think it's any one thing you're doing. Yeah. I think it's the total amount that you're consuming by the end of the day. Sure. So that's our new goal is how do gotcha. we educate the entire member base mm-hmm. on that fact and take away the fear because everyone has so much fear of uh, exclusion.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, you can't have that. That makes you gain weight.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You can't have cake... Like Thanksgiving's the worst. They're, you know they'll.
1: run so stressed out.
2: DM me like, am I allowed to have this? Oh man. Am I allowed to have that? So we want an open mindset. Again, it's repeatable. Mm-hmm. And two, as long as we stay within our energy balance range, you can pretty much have whatever you want. Yeah. Now, how long are you going to be able to keep that up? Versus how long are you going to be able to keep up saying, I can't have this. I can't have that. I can't. And then it, again, this is a, another analogy I tell people: if like, say you want to quit drinking. If you continually say to yourself, "I can't have beer, I can't have beer, I can't have liquor," the one word you're repeating over and over and over again is beer and liquor.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What you should be saying is, "I want to be healthier. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to have more tea. I want to have more water," and stop repeating the thing. You know the what you can't do here's what you can't have here's what you can't think so that's the it's the hard part Mm. getting an in-house person but also and we've tried this before an in-house person that is on that same page
1: right has the the same values right
2: because they'll come in they want to push their own stuff on people which i don't think is right or wrong i just don't think it's sustainable
3: Mm -hmm.
2: you know they come in and they have their own beliefs instead of aren't wrong they've learned it in school obviously they're educated on it but I always ask like the dietitian that's doing it I don't think the person's going to be able to stick to that plan mm-hmm. I really don't and sure enough they fall off and if you fall off just like you can't sustain your workout plan it is worthless mm-hmm. it's a waste of time
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and then they're less likely to resume it So they're pissed you know they're frustrated yeah. um, so that's where, That's the definitely something we need to
1: your goal yeah yes cool all right we better wrap this up for you um tell me though what is one thing what would you tell someone they can do for their health right now it's going to benefit
2: them walk
1: how much how how much do they need to walk
2: um it depends upon you know joint ligament pain do they have Mm -hmm. plantar fasciitis stuff like that Mm -hmm. but i'll use the example of my mom Mm -hmm. she uh when i go home to visit her she gardens. She, I would say, is average movement per, for, for an average human being. Mm-hmm. She's in her 70s. She wants to lose 25 pounds. Again, I don't know why she's focused on this number, but she thinks she's got a little to lose. So she mm-hmm. goes, hey, can you send me some at-home uh, stuff I could do with weights? Mm -hmm. Which is great. She's going to need that for sarcopenia. You know, she's getting Mm -hmm. older. We need some bone density. But I would never tell people to start with that. Mm. Walking first. Right? So I I tell her, I'm going to get you the little monitor. She's not good with technology. She's in her 70s. I just got her the most basic thing. Count the steps. Mm -hmm. And I want to see, not one day, I want to see... 14 days, two weeks, of where we land with steps. 3,000 a day. So I said, Mom, you see the problem here. It's not that you're not out in the garage doing curls and presses and lunges. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: You're not moving. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that 5,000 steps a day is considered sedentary. So I was like, we're at So I said, let's start there. But that is the one thing every single person could do right now that would not only affect um, weight loss, but mental health, how you feel, lubricate the body. So I tell my mom, motion is lotion. Lubricate the body, lubricate the joints, get you feeling better. And then it's kind of like my friend said, like the more I drink, the more I drink. Mm -hmm. The more you move, the more you move, right? So she's practiced, and we're now at like six a day. Nice. Which is good, but it could be better. Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing I always tell people. Don't ask me about lifting. Don't ask me about form. Don't ask me if you're strong or not. That's not what it's about. Start moving more. Mm -hmm. Um, Back in the day, it used to be just called living. Yeah. It was life. That's what you did. You had to walk to the store. You had to walk to go get this. You had to go walk to get your kids from here and there. It, they didn't call it exercise. Mm-hmm. They called it just this is just my day.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's no longer like that. Yeah, we're oh, we're sitting now. Yeah, <laughs> see, so that's it. That's the one thing people need to focus on immediately: step count and movement, mm-hmm. yeah. motion, motion RX.
1: Yeah, love that. <laughs> Anytime I've ever said that to a patient, motion is lotion. They're was like, "Oh my gosh, that's amazing!" See, you know? and catchy, it, right?
2: It sticks. Yeah, then they'll remember it. Yeah. So that's the one thing, and so one thing that when I check with people, are short on. Mm-hmm. Every time, part? second, it's not the fact that they're not coming in the gym and lifting weights; it's that they're not taking What's in that? enough protein. Everyone is. Crazy low, yeah. On that, you know, so that's the second thing. To walk first, and then I want you to manually just write down a log. I want to show you to show me kind of roughly where we're at each day.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Forty grams, oh, um, man. sixty. I mean, mm-hmm. so hardcore. Tighten up stuff later. Later, yeah. Walking movements first, yeah. Then sleep. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> sleep is so important.
2: Then. Hydration. Once we get that down, let's start talking about two to three times a week mm-hmm. coming in and focusing on form and lifting.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? That's
1: yeah. it. <laughs> awesome. All right, so we can find you Tighten Up Jack's Beach, Tighten Up Town Center, Tighten Up Nakati. Tighten Up
2: Nakati, which is the new one.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where can people find you on Instagram or website or email?
2: So Instagram, we have consolidated to just at Tighten Up Fitness, which is T-I-T-A-N. So one page covers all three locations. Um, email is simple. It's info at com. Website is simple, Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah.
1: Anything else you want people to know before we wrap it up? Sorry um, we went over. <laughs>
2: Oh, no, no, no no, that's it. That, that's the, the one thing that I want people to know to remember is sustainability, the most successful plan in the world, fitness, diet wise, movement wise, sustainability. If you cannot repeat it, it is never going to be worth anything. Have to have sustainability first. So there's got to be enjoyment. And it's got to be something you can see yourself doing day in, day out, not just on a whim or rashly.
1: Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with Thank me. Thank you,
2: Kate. yes.
1: All right, we'll talk to you guys next time.
0: Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. You can find us on Instagram at The Healthy Jacks Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and let us know if you have any topics or guests that you would like us to bring onto the show. Thank you again for tuning in. And until next time, stay healthy and keep moving, Jacksonville.